Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amel and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Oh, yeah, it is us. It must mean the football season is back upon us. Well, not exactly, Emil Calamino, but we're here to kick it off and get ready for everyone. It's Chad Wilson. It's Emil Calamino. It feels like it's been uh, – I feel like I've just got released from prison, and I'm trying to get back into society here, Emil. You don't have the issues that I have with – I have this internal struggle with football season because I love it, and but but mm-hmm. in the in the Northeast, what it means is, you know, your summer is coming, huh? Yeah, your summer's approaching an end. So you have to write. Well, we don't have that, that problem down here, by the way. It is hot as ever. It is hot as uh, hell, as we could say. And it uh, doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. Now, you'd probably uh, like some snow right now at this point. I don't know about that. Um, but You, so know, you don't, you don't want to go cover. that drastic, huh? Yeah, no. A little cloud cover is all that I would need just to get the sun off of our necks. Nevertheless, we're here. It's Football season is coming back at us. Many of the training camps either started yesterday or will also be starting today. The NFL is underway. The colleges are going to start their uh, their practices next week. And uh, before you know it, Emil, it's all going to be back upon us. What we're doing today is previewing college football. We are going to talk about the Power Five conferences. And unlike... Uh, what we've done in past years, which may have you know, lulled some of our listeners to sleep, we're just going to get to the nuts and bolts of each one of these conferences. Emil and I are going to give you our uh, champs for each division in the uh, conferences that do have them split. We'll also uh, give you our surprise team for each division, and then uh, we will give you a conference champ. We will follow that up with telling you who are going to be the top four teams who will be the four teams in this year's college football playoff, and if uh, time permits, which I think it will today, Emil, because we can't go to any commercials. How about that? We can't pay any bills today. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. Well, that's all right, right, for the listeners, not for you. Yeah, no, not for me. I'd love to pay some bills and, you know, recognize those that support the uh, Gridiron Stud Show. Won't be able to do that today. So for you, the fans and the listeners, it is a great thing. We will not... Uh, have any commercials today this will be commercial free um today so we will be uh again talking college football trying to break it all run through the power five conferences and like i said if we have time at the end we will uh be ranking the conferences one through five i'm sure everyone yeah will be so we were thinking, you know you and i were talking we were thinking that you know when people are listening to the show that very few people care for us to go through the Vanderbilt schedule game by game and then tell you what their record will be, other than maybe Buster Olney at ESPN. And I'm thinking he, with the baseball trade deadline today, he's not listening to the show. Um, no, I doubt that he would be. Uh, maybe Howard Stern wants to jump in there and prank call us again. Uh, but I don't think Buster Olney is going to be listening. For those who 
um, have a desire to know what we think the actual record or what I think the actual record will be for each one of these teams in each conference. I will be posting up uh, my team-by-team records for each team in the conference as we go through the next coming weeks here, so be looking for the promo on that. If you want to reach us on the show today, by the way, the number to call is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365, or you can reach us on Twitter. It's at Gridiron Studs, or send email to uh, C. Wilson at gridironstuds.com. We'll be more than happy to take your participation through either or any of those forms. So, uh, before we jump into the uh, predictions here, the uh, we've had a whole bunch go on, Emil. A whole bunch is I don't know. Uh, this was a longer off-season break than we've had in the previous two years, but it seems like so much went on while we were away. It's just how, how do we catch up? I guess the biggest thing going on right now in the NFL is the deflate gate. Should tell. Calamino. All right, Calamino, you there? Yes. All right, I think I'm going to have to really just go in on Blog Talk Radio. That's going to have to just be a part of our show uh, today because, listen, we might be rusty coming back, but good Lord, they are rusty. Just got cut off. Yeah, I mean, man, I mean, mean, I thought thought Howard Stern cut you off. You were were asking about Deflategate, weren't you? I was asking about Deflategate. Shit, Robert Kraft and... Uh, Tom Brady and the Patriot organization just let it go. I'm of the opinion that they should, but well, it's like they're going to try and fight the good fight. I think they should, but I mean, where I'm at with this, and I, I guess maybe I'm seeing it differently because I'm not going to assume I'm right because I'm, you know, everybody has an opinion on this. Um, I've heard a lot of the moral equivalents tossed out there. You know, well, Greg Hardy got four games. How the hell can you can you give Tom Brady four games for deflating a football? Putting aside my obvious rooting interest in Greg Hardy, let's you know my there's a huge difference for me. Number one, I'm not the, Greg Hardy doesn't seem like a great guy. I mean, I don't know much about him. Based on what I've heard, he did doesn't seem like a great guy. So I'm not defending that. But here's the deal: whatever Greg Hardy did doesn't necessarily impact the integrity of the game or the results on the field. Mm-hmm. What Brady allegedly did. Does and and I, I I don't understand why people believe this this whole line of thinking that I knew nothing about it. I mean I mean you know as a football player and you've you know you've been around really good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If you hand a quarterback a football, that's like handing a surgeon a scalpel. For the for the quarterback to suggest he didn't know the ball was underinflated is silliness. I mean if I walked up to to Aaron Rodgers and he plays he's used to throwing a ball with a 12, 12 pound uh, per square inch inflation, and I handed him one at ten and a half. I guarantee, if I let him throw two, three balls, he'd be like the ball's underinflated. Listen, not just any quarterback. This particular one. Uh, there's plenty of stories out there about Tom Brady's attention to detail and uh, you know just being his his awareness. I mean, you don't achieve what he's achieved in this league without having a great amount of awareness. So uh, that uh, that 
alone is uh, an insult to anyone's intelligence, along with the, oh, yeah, I, uh, I destroy my cell phone every six months. Maybe you change it. But, oh, yeah, I, just, I go about destroying my cell phone every six months. Like, come on, man. You're not well, wait a second. Lindsey Graham did that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Give me a break, was... Tom Brady. I, like, these people are insulting our intelligence already. Just knock it off. I mean, Let it go. He, Take your you suspension know, Chad, and move along. The, the, the other thing is the whole suggestion that, you know, Bobby the ball boy all of a sudden decided that, you know, Tom, Tom would play better in the rain with, you know, this underinflated football. I mean, come on, these guys don't do Yeah, let me anything. just do this special thing for Tom yeah, here today. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done it all year, by the way, but here we are in this, you know, championship game against the Indianapolis Colts, and you know what I'm going to do for Tom, because I really want to be his guy? I'm going to underinflate these balls. Ah, that's it. And you that know how I tried to explain to it to someone, and, I, you know, I know that you're not necessarily a, golf, a golfer, but you follow all sports. That would be like the caddy for one of these top-flight professional golfers, you know, a guy like Rory McIlroy or Tiger back in his day or whoever, you know, Jordan Speed. all of a sudden changing the weighting on his club, you know, because I just figured, you know, I didn't like the way he was hitting the ball, so I just went on my own and did it, you know. <laughs> Listen, nothing, nothing could get you fired faster, I think, as a ball boy or as a caddy or pulling right. something like that on someone who has so much to gain and so much – well, not even gain. So much to lose uh, going into a competition because, they, you know, they're at a certain level in their game. I mean, look, you didn't ask. Tom Brady didn't say anything. Just out of the blue, you're going to go mess with the footballs? Right. Hey, you might as well get caught in bed with his wife. <laughs> hey, you better off doing that before messing with Tom's footballs. I mean, he's been playing with balls before he met his wife. He might as well be doing that. Uh, yeah. So that there's a, there's the a thing is know, nonsense. Big... And Robert Kraft's whole, you know, I I put my trust in the league. The whole the whole thing is just utter nonsense. Let it go. I mean, the fact that we're talking about it, we have to. That's what we do. It's it's a story. It's in the news. It's the premier story in the NFL at this time of year. But frankly, I mean, I'm sick of hearing about it. I mean, just you know, take your medicine. You got your trophy. Would you know? You probably would have gotten your trophy without underinflating the ball. I'm not saying that. So just go and you know polish the Lombardi Trophy for four weeks and come back. Well, let me ask you this question: What does that say about the Indianapolis Colts? Perhaps that they felt they needed to do that uh, to get by these guys. You know, we're going to do our preview on on the uh, on the NFL coming up here relatively soon, but. Does that say something about the Colts that they felt there? No, I think it says more about the insecurity of the New England Patriots that we leave nothing to chance. I mean, they played the Colts earlier that year. Just you know, it's funny. You now, I believe me, I didn't remember this off the top of my head. I looked it up the other day just because I was in a discussion with somebody. They played the Colts earlier in the year and beat them forty-two to twenty. Um, so I'm not so sure it says anything other than that the Patriots are an insecure bunch. You know, matter of matter of fact, the reason this came up for me, I was going through the Colts' schedule last year and talking to somebody, and I said, you know, they're going to have a really good record again uh, because they play in a cream puff division. Mm-hmm. But you know, I went through and looked at some of their games with with teams. You know, and they played Philadelphia and Denver the first two weeks of the year and lost both games close. But mm-hmm. after that, when they played the physical teams in the league, the teams that were you know brutes. They got beat up. Mm-hmm. The Steelers beat them 51-34. The Patriots beat them 42-20. The Cowboys beat them 42-7. And in between, there was a lot of wins against the Texans, 
Titans and Jaguars. So I'm not, you know, I mean, I know we're going to preview that later and we can talk about them. I mean, they're going to win their division. I'll tell you that before we do the show. I think every person in America will tell you that. I'm just not as bullish on them at this point as others. Um, right. Uh, listen, I released uh, just a little list. You know, I put a list out there of who I thought were the top five quarterbacks in the league. Didn't include Andrew Luck. And, like, all hell broke loose on my Twitter account because I didn't put Andrew Luck in there. Like, first of all, he hasn't really been in the league long enough for me. Uh, and second of all, uh, I mean, everybody on my list had a championship ring. You know, you correctly uh, jumped in there and asked, you know, what about Roethlisberger, which, you know, I can agree with. But, y- yeah, I'm, I might go Roethlisberger before Andrew Luck. Let me see a little bit more. Um, Here, you know, here's from, from here's my take on Luck. People laugh at Listen, I think he'll continue to be a really good quarterback. And as you said, he hasn't been in the league long enough. So what I'm going to say I don't think is that outlandish. But right now, if you look at last year's performance, the last time we saw guys play football, Tony Romo's a better player than Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's going to be something hard for people to swallow because you know Tony Romo's been a punching bag for you know a great. Part he led of the, the last he led the league in total QBR, that statistic that ESPN's coaches and analysts developed that they say is more accurate even than quarterback rating. He led the league in quarterback rating. He's he was a really good player. Luck threw the ball last year. 616 times. Mm-hmm. You, that, you listen, if you have to go back that many times, things aren't going to work out well. He threw 16 picks. It's a lot of picks. Um, you know, you're going to pile up the yards. Well, you know, yeah, the yards are going to be there. You're going to pile up the yards. You're going to pile up the touchdowns. The stuff that people want to pay attention to. Um, if you drop back that many times to throw the football, so. Um, he took a lot of hits. About, now the guy doesn't get sacked a lot. He got sacked 27 times. Um, he's very, very good athlete, as most fans out there know. He avoids a lot of sacks. He takes a lot of hits, though, at the end of throws. Um, the guy completed 61.7% of his passes. Sounds pretty good, but in today's league, honestly, the measuring stick is about 64 65% because, because of the rules. I mean, I mean, you look at the guys last year, like Rodgers and Romo, I think they were pushing 70%. You know, that whole... Um, completion percentage thing. I guess that's what the league is about. Um, you know, that whole completion percentage thing, but uh, it might be a little bit of an overrated stat, if you ask me. Well, it might be. It depends what kind of throws you're making. I agree. I mean, listen, if you're throwing the ball sideways, your completion percentage is going to be, you know, it's going to be high, but here's where you have to go. You look at yards then per attempt. Per attempt. I mean, that's where that you can kind of, if you want to be one of these uh, – stack crunchers you can get into you know what were the yards per attempt and Lux were 7.7 you know I just pulled up Romo he was at eight and a half yards per attempt which means he completed more per passes completed 69.9 percent of his passes for more yards on every throw meaning he was pushing the ball driving it down the field Aaron Rodgers was at 8.4 yards per attempt another you know really nice average he was at 65.6 percent completion so what I'm trying to say is Luck's not completing long throws. He's just throwing a lot right now. Yeah, a, a ton of it. And I don't know about the the long-term effects that that's going to have on there. But, again, we'll be doing our NFL previews uh, next week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. How did we get to Luck from Deflategate? Oh, you asked, oh, yeah, you asked if, if the Patriots were scared well, they of the did, Colts. Yeah, they did deflate against the, uh, against the Colts. So just wondering if... You know, they were quite concerned about the Colts, or, or, or was it, as you said, just uh, 
a team that's won that had won three championships, uh, and 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 w- with that current group or let's say that quarterback, um, you know, being insecure, if you can imagine. Listen, this thing. is going to force most of our audience, if they care, to go to Google. But insecurity, Richard Nixon. 1972, he was going to beat McGovern. It didn't matter. I think he won 49 states anyway. They still bugged the Watergate Hotel, correct? <laughs> because he was insecure. Yeah, uh, true. I, I, I guess insecurity really has nothing to do with your level of success. If you're insecure, you're insecure. So uh, that's the way that that, that, that goes. So, uh, again, NFL previews coming up next week. Uh, we're going to need to start talking about uh, college football here pretty soon. Uh, we can't go to legitimate breakaway um ads or or you know commercial breaks here but you know i do need to show some love to some sponsors and uh we will we will try to do that here right now uh let's talk a little bit about t-shirt supplies if you if you want to if you want to hit that up let's talk about them really really quick before we jump into our college football they sponsor our show and and anybody who's you know playing in a you know i always tell them sports leagues uh, bat, you know, bat, down there, I know you guys are huge in this, your seven on seven football, and that's you know big in a lot of sections of the country. Um, you know, especially the South, the West, where it's warm all the time. Uh, well, we have it up here. I shouldn't say that. Basketball leagues, rec leagues. You know, you could be thirty five playing your rec league or your softball league, or you have a family reunion. You can go there. You could get transfer paper and at home with your own, you know, inkjet printer, laser printer. You can make a design. Take your iron, put it on your shirt, and make your team shirts. You don't have to go pay somebody to do it. You can go get your T-shirts at whatever, at Michael's, and buy this stuff at T-shirtsupplies.com, and away you go. Well, you gotta, you got to love that. There's a lot of things we could do on our own these days, and now we can print up our own T-shirts. So thanks to the folks at T-shirtsupplies.com for uh, providing that for us. Just another thing you could do at home and uh, not have to go uh, pay through the nose or you know, give up your left arm to print up some T-shirts for uh, for your yeah, event. and you're and then you're only limited to your own uh, you know your own creativity. You can put your own you know you come up with a cool logo or something that you you know you're like hey I can do that. Well now now you can do it and and go from start to finish. You don't just come up with a logo. You could go and make the shirts and you know you save a bunch of money and and truthfully have some fun doing it. Yeah, you've been on social media, obviously. Um, sometimes giving people that amount of freedom and creativity could be quite well. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen some pictures of stuff people wear to Walmart. Uh, that, it can get a little out of hand there, Emil. There's no telling what folks or what they don't wear to Walmart might be the, the, the more accurate. Way. <laughs> oh man, they gotta have to. They, they gotta have someone standing at the doors at Walmart to really just stop people from themselves, save them from themselves. But nevertheless, I digress. It's college football time. Time for us to talk about what we think is going to happen this season, and uh, what better conference to start off than the one that produced last year's champion, and that is going to be the Big Ten. That's up your way. That's from your neck of the woods. That is. uh, Thankfully, thankfully, they did away with the legends, and what was the other half of that conference? Uh, what they call Honest, it, legends? I don't know. Didn't they just go east and west? I mean, why did they thank have to the make Lord, it? Like, thank the Lord, like knock it off already. Oh, yeah, God. so they went they went east and west, and you know, I'm not even sure if it's properly geographically broken down based on those. It's two not bad, actually. It's, you know, as far as you can, you got to remember a lot of that Big uh, Ten. Their problem is they go east, west, and a little north, south. So it depends which way. You know, Nebraska. I guess you put them in the west, but they're they're also in 
the bottom half. Yeah, it's a goofy conference. You we know, it doesn't matter that. in college no. football, as we've talked about on this show. I mean, hell, TCU was fixing to be in the Big East before, you know, Hey, by the way, jumping into since we're going through conferences, and you pointed this out yesterday, we were ahead of the curve. You know, last I think it was last summer, we facetiously had some fun with it, and we created a a, a super juggernaut uh, Division One college football, where basically it was four 16-team conferences. We broke them out geographically. You were, you were either invited to the party or you weren't, and we just said, you know, create another division for everybody else because let's face it. No offense, Marshall fans out there, but you're not winning the national championship. So we did that, and sure as hell, at Pac-12 Media Day, uh, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, Steve Sarkeesian, the USC coach, said, uh, eventually we're just, you're just going to see four conferences. He just came out and said it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I don't, we don't know, of course, if he's going to be right about that, but that just gives you the train of thought for him, and it's, you know, it's probably likely the way uh, other coaches are thinking and it'll probably spread to the powers that be. So there's only two things that can happen, Chad. If you're going to have four teams in your playoff, if you're hell bent on keeping it that way, then you got to only have four four conferences. conferences. If you want to have more than four conferences, then you better have a playoff with eight teams in it because otherwise it's real hard to justify what went down last year. I'd be interested in knowing how that would come to be because off the top of my head here, the SEC has 14 teams. The Pac-12 has 12 teams. The Big Ten has 12 teams. Correct? 14. 14. 14. Correct. Lovely. Big 12 has 10. 10. ACC you see the irony in all this, don't you, by yeah, the way? Yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> Geographically, yeah. they're not correct. Uh, Numeric the naming, they're not. Right. I mean, they're all <laughs> effed up. Um, so you got fourteen. You're you're the man. The ACC. Here. So right now you have 14. sixty-four teams, buddy. I'm think I'm thinking the Big Twelve is going to be the one to bite the dust because you know teams conferences are already trying to pull. Amazingly, you know, right now, teams. and I never even realized that till we added this up just now. There's in the Power Five conferences, there's sixty-four teams. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, they don't even have to invite people. I guess BYU won't be invited. But I mean, the question becomes: I guess you know, teams like that BYU sucks is, for those guys. You know, teams like a BYU and a Boise State. Well, it doesn't matter because they're not state. suggesting what what he's saying is there'll be four major conferences, and most likely those champions will be invited to the playoff. But you'll still have your Notre Dames and BYUs and Boises that'll still be playing Division One. They could crash the party, of course. How would um, they crash the party, though? Uh, we've probably launched ourselves into a pretty Interesting comment. No, I think we have a whole other show because at some point, if that if that if that setup were to happen, Notre Dame's going to have to pick a conference and try to join it. Um, and you're going to have teams that are uninvited from these conferences. I mean, there's going to be some schools that they just say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, sorry." But I don't. Hey, listen, I really want to. I want to. Can we give this? Can we give this five minutes? Because sure. I've got some questions. I've got some questions right here. Um, who do you Who do you think? Who gets uninvited? Who, who gets who, uninvited? Who, well, if I'm out in the West. Who gets uninvited? Who gets invited? You know, if I'm in the West, right, Let's, without getting into our whole redoing our whole thing from last year, if I'm in the West, right, I'm inviting Boise State and BYU to the party, and I'm probably telling Colorado uh, you might want to find another conference. Wow. I mean, Colorado. I mean, they've, they've, they've won a national or, you know. Well, I mean, they've, they've, all I'm saying is, if you start looking, that that's a tough one. 
It is, but they're still eligible. It's just going to be like, hey, you go play in the AAC or pick a conference, and if you happen to go yeah, well, 13 we're, we're need to We're going to need to get into that part, too, as, as to how you would crash the party when uh, your four teams are going to have to come from the champs of each one of these conferences. And rightfully so, because at that point you'd have most likely the 64 best team, best programs if it's done the right way in Division One. So there'd be no reason to take somebody else unless that team was a, an independent that scheduled basically 12 teams from these four conferences as their schedule and won all the games. And then they said, well, wait a second, we beat 12 of these teams. All right, I'm thinking here, you've got to invite Notre Dame, you've got to invite Boise, you've got to invite BYU. Am I missing anyone? Well, I mean, well, do I know we could probably, you know, we'd have to go peruse the, uh, you know, well, if I you got to do if you got to do that, then you know, you you probably don't need to invite those teams. Well, I mean, those three I put in, and then if you know, we could probably go through these other conferences and just start taking taking a gander at some of the the schools that are playing football. I mean, honestly, you want Wake Forest in this whole thing for football now, not for basketball. Oh no! Uh, I, I I mean we're kicking uh, we're kicking Colorado out. You already yeah. I mean you want you want Wake Forest in this. You seriously forgetting you want? I mean I know Gail Sayers played at Kansas, but that's that was a long time ago. You want Kansas in this? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess Kansas not. did have Kansas did go to an Orange Bowl only six or seven years ago. So maybe that's not fair. Maybe they're just in a cycle of being down. And I'm being a little hard on Kansas, but I mean, I could go through and pick some other teams. I'm sure that have never won anything. How about Indiana? You want Indiana in this? I mean, they play great basketball. I don't ever remember anything at Indiana football. Well, Indi- Illinois sucking right now. Uh, right now, but I mean, I'm going to give Illinois a little pass based on you know some some. It's it's not where they were never decent. I mean, Indiana. I don't ever recall Indiana being much more than a great year at Indiana football was seven and five. Right. Uh, that 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 does make for an interesting discussion. And I mean, right? You could get into a whole discussion here of of whose ass do we kick out? It. I mean, it, you know, Colorado. Maybe I'm not being fair, but it's been almost 30 years. I mean, even even if we go back to Rashawn Salon mid 90s, it's been two decades since they've been respectable. Since they, I mean, they're, they're, I they're not they even last, respectable. I think they were last good when I was last playing. And so, you know, right. That's been so two decades of not even being respectable. I mean, we're talking, they're not like going six and six and struggling to find their way where you're saying, Hey, they're in a bowl every year. They're just, they can't, they can't get it. They're, they're getting destroyed. Week I would in say week for out. a program right now, this is a very dangerous time to be, uh, you know, mediocre or struggling right now. This is a very dangerous time for a program because there are going to be some changes and going to be some shakeups that are probably going to last uh the you know whatever comes out of what kind of whatever legislation and reorganizing that you and I feel is about to happen with college football is probably going to last for a good little while and if you're one of those teams that's having a hard time or programs having a hard time getting t- together you're going to find yourself on the outside looking in for I mean the SEC's got no candidate uh, that 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 jumps out at me to get kicked out except that if you're being legit here and 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 you know throwing out the tradition of the football and people in the South love their football and they have tradition. Vanderbilt really doesn't belong in a power conference. I know they had a couple decent years at Franklin, but they were beating nobodies. I mean, they'll go well, back what if to you made this? What if you made this rule if you are uh, the powers to be in college football and you're trying to be fair and you say, okay, here's what we're going to do. 
Big 12, we're going to break you guys up and uh, we're going to break you guys apart and we're going to redistribute you guys to the uh, other four conferences. The other four conferences, here's what we're going to do to be fair. One school from each one of your conferences are going to get kicked out. All right? They're going to they're going to get the boot. All right? You following me so far? We're yeah, we're going to we're going to we're going to put each of you at 16 to start and then you guys have a meeting and decide whose ass you want to kick out and then we have these other four schools that we want in, and they are BYU, Boise State, Notre Dame, and pick another one. And then and we go from there. Right. And so SEC's kicking out Vandy. Or Pac-12. Kentucky. Now, I know Kentucky's got history, but I'll tell you what, that's pretty close as to, I mean, Kentucky football. I think Kentucky gets in off of their basketball. <laughs> I do. I, really, I think they get in off of right. their basketball. Right. You're probably right. You're probably right. With I all think, that, I everything think else we, being equal. I think if we did that, I mean, real quickly, I think it would be pretty simple. You'd kick out Vanderbilt in the South Conference. You'd probably, uh, in the East Conference or whatever you want to call it, you'd probably kick out Wake Forest real quick mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. Out in the Midwest, be close, but I'd probably give Indiana the boot. I mean, they, they really, I mean, they, they're so nondescript in football, it's unbelievable. And then out West, mm-hmm. like I said, Colorado or Washington State, I'd probably give the, the – the, the, Washington State probably has done a little bit more in the last 20 years. They've had some decent school teams out there. Um, you know, actually one shared a conference title in 2002 with USC. So uh, I would several prob- of these schools come with the idea of, you know what, we're highly, highly academic. Okay, we'll bounce, and we'll go kind of formulate our own thing. So Vanderbilt, your Wake Forest, and uh, – Well, wait, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, and maybe even Indiana are highly academic. I mean, out of Colorado, the only thing that I heard they do out there is party and smoke weed. I mean that's one of the best party schools yeah, well, in the country. I mean, are you yeah, we'd me? have to figure out what team that would be in the in the. Uh, in that the, might in be that might be a club. feeder school for the NFL. The way things go in the off season. Here you come out here and get your weed. And... Yeah, I, well, you know, I guess we have our topic for uh, for for one of our upcoming shows as we like to play around with organization and realignment and all that good stuff. Um, real quick, since you're a little bit of a a little bit of the historian for the show and the and the counter. Uh, how did we do last year with our college football predictions, by the way? Honestly, I threw them away. They were abysmal. I mean, we had the end. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, I remember at the very end when we did our, our wrap-up show, we, we had pieces of it. Uh, one of us had Oregon going far. Neither of us had Ohio State, uh, I don't believe. So I you know, thought, I, I thought you and I both We had three had of the four. Three. Yeah, yeah I but we didn't. That's, but that wasn't rocket science last year, Al. <laughs> Florida State, Oregon. I mean, that was... Hey, listen, man. Anything can happen in 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 college football. So let's we didn't have the winner. Suffice to say, no. I had no, Oklahoma I, no one, in no there. One... If you if you recall, you which I'm sure you don't because it was a year ago. I had somehow gotten fooled again by Bob Stoops, and uh, <laughs> amazingly had uh, put Oklahoma in my final four. That was the one I had wrong, and I forget which one you had wrong. It might have been Michigan State. I think you had Michigan I, State. No, I, I, def, I definitely had Michigan State in there. Yeah. I think that was, uh, that was my clunker. I knew we'd have one of those teams from the uh, Big Ten, despite the fact that everyone was down on the conference. I, I felt like one of those two, and I thought I had Michigan State. I might have had Michigan State over Wisconsin, I believe. The problem and they had last year at the end, it. you know, when they talked about everything, if, for people who forget how the season ended, of the four teams that were in the playoff, there was none that deserved to be booted. So when TCU and Baylor wind all off season, um, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, t- you know, the the Big 12 was not the greatest conference. 
they don't play much defense. And now, for those who haven't been following along all summer, they're they're putting in uh, rules in the Big 12 where you can't tackle as much in practice. Like they really need that. And all the conferences in football, I think the one that needs that the least. I think is they're the Big establishing. I think what the Big 12 is doing is establishing their identity. And their identity is going to be we're the uh, conference of of offense and point totals, and that's how we're going to entertain people. Uh, just well, and they're going to entertain you, but I just don't think you, you know. I don't feel that bad. I mean, listen, I thought TCU had a nice club. I really, you know, and they were an impressive team. But I don't feel that bad that they were left out because there's of the four teams that were in there. You know, without knowing what happened in the bowl games, there's nobody off the top of my head. I'm saying let's throw out and put in TCU. Now you could say. Hey, they had a phenomenal bowl game, and I think it was was it Mississippi they 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 pounded in that bowl forty two to three. But at that point, like you always say, you know, and I'm not, fair fair and square, they won the game. But I'm not so sure, you know, what Mississippi's necessarily motivation was in that game. So uh, yeah, yeah, when we'll we'll you know we'll touch we can get into that. But Mississippi, you know, all that stuff. So at the end of the day, I feel good about what happened last year. I think for the first year. They actually did a good job with that playoff. I really do. Uh, I do too, and, and that's another topic we could bring up about is is this is this the uh, right solution for college football? That's something else we'll talk about in later shows. All right, let's break down this Big Ten. What we're going to do here is again from each division, we're going to give you who we, you know each one of us think is going to be the winner and the surprise team or the uh, uh, the interesting team from each one of those divisions, and we'll give you an overall conference winner. And then, uh, you know, at the end, we'll give you the four teams we think uh, each one of us. Uh, I'll go first here, and then we'll alternate by conference. How's that? So we're talking the East here in the in the Big Ten is where we're coming. Correct. In the East, I mean, it's going to be hard to, to, to pick against Ohio State, especially, I mean, I think the biggest challenge in this division comes from a very good Michigan State team. Uh, but they get Michigan State November 21st at home. So for for me that that's the key there. If that game, believe it or not, was at Michigan State, I may be inclined um, to, to go with an upset and take Michigan State. But but, but because it's at Ohio State, um, you know, I'm going to take Ohio State to win this division. It's going to be a, a good race. I, I like this Michigan State team. We're going to find out a lot about them uh, the second week of the season. They're home with Oregon, but I'm going to take Ohio State to win the division. And as a surprise in this division. And, you know, we're going to use the term surprise in that I don't think it's surprising that, you know, both Ohio State and Michigan State will be really good clubs. I think Penn State's going to be a little better than they've shown the last few years. Uh, the quarterback of Penn State, if he matures, could be the you know, top five NFL pick just based on measurables. And their schedule sets up favorably for early success, playing Temple, Buffalo, a conference game against Rutgers, and then a home game with San Diego State and then home with Army. Okay, so they can get out of the gate, assuming they beat Rutgers. They could be 5-0, and then they play Indiana 6-0, and then they have a trip to Ohio State, which will get built up because at that point they'll put Penn State in the top 20, and they'll get dismantled at Ohio State, but then they play Maryland and Illinois. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a team here that really could be 10-2. and I mean, I think the road games at Ohio State and Michigan State are losses, but everything else in between is either an easy game or winnable. All right. Uh, so Ohio State, there's a shock uh, as a winner of the East Division of the Big Ten. Uh, listen, I, I can't go against any of that right there. Uh, Ohio State's the, the class of this division that I think is uh, quite mediocre, Emil. I think it's just going to be it's going to be Ohio State. 
Uh, it'll well, be, then you it'll see be... why I'm saying with Penn State as a surprise. I mean, surprising, I think at the end they'll be a very mediocre 10. I think they could be a very average 10-2 and two or 9-3 and three team because they play nobody, to your point. I mean, other than those two road games, everything else, you know, is well, they play Michigan, but Michigan, we don't know what they have yet. But I'll give them. Yeah, a well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not as big a buyer of Penn State okay. uh, as you are. But so far as who I think the champ of this division is going to be, I'm not going to insult. What do you think about Michigan State? Here. What do you? Think uh, about well, Michigan? we'll get on that now. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll touch on that real quick. Um, Ohio State, obviously the class of this conference, their head and shoulders, uh, you know, above everyone else. And in my opinion, uh, and that includes Michigan State, that I think is. Um, not going to be as close to Ohio State as as maybe some people think, or maybe even you have suggested it, it is going to come down to that though, because those are going to be your two top teams in this division. But Ohio State is uh, in in a class by themselves. Wouldn't surprise me for them to be an undefeated football team heading into the postseason stuff. Um, you know, for this year. Although they're going to have a little bit of a, a a tad bit of a problem in that opener as they take on Virginia Tech. Uh, and they're going to be missing a few guys who couldn't follow some rules. Um, so they're going to be missing those guys there. But I think Ohio State's going to go into that game against Virginia Tech, whether they're missing players or not, with their hair on fire since Virginia Tech, you know, dealt them that loss last year. So they're going to go in there extremely fired up. And you know what? Maybe seeing a couple of these players, that'll even put them on, on higher alert. So Ohio State uh, is is the winner of this division. I dare someone. I dare someone to oppose both of us on that. My interesting team in this side of the conference for me is going to be Maryland. And uh, here's my reasoning on that. Maryland was, um, I don't know if you can call that, you know, a surprise last year, but whatever the case may be, they were a seven and six team. They, they were with Penn state in that tier right below. Uh, and the thing I like about Maryland is their ability to put up some points. And you know, that's kind of what college football uh, is about, especially in the regular season is uh is you know put some points on the board and they were third in this conference in uh in terms of the conference games in terms of putting up points and overall they scored 370 points last year uh, i like what they're doing there with that and i just feel like right now they're probably a little bit further along than a penn state so i think maryland's going to be our surprise team they're going to probably finish somewhere around where they were last year, seven and five for me, which is kind of what I think Penn State's going to be around, somewhere around six and six. But I think Maryland is going to just notch themselves ahead of Penn State to be that team right behind the two top teams in this east side of the Big Ten. So Ohio State, you champ, no surprise there. My interesting or surprise team is going to be Maryland. What do we think about the west side? Of well, the if you use the word mediocre to describe the east, I'm going to use the word stinks to describe the west because <laughs> – the West of the Big Ten stinks, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that said, I'm going to easily pick Wisconsin to win this side because I, after that opener where they'll get Alabama on a neutral field, and even if they lose, it'll improve that team tremendously for the following, you know, for the rest of the season. They get three cupcakes then to, to you know, get flex their muscles and get ready for conference play: Miami of Ohio, Troy, and Hawaii, and then in the conference. They miss Ohio State and Michigan State in crossover games, and they have one road trip to Nebraska as basically the only place on that schedule that I see you know, a potential pitfall for them. So I've got Wisconsin winning uh, the Western Division. Uh, I can't disagree with you there either. Wisconsin, uh, if we're calling Ohio State the class of the East, Wisconsin is the class of the West. Um, they're you know, above and beyond 
Uh, I, you know, most of what they're going up against there, I don't. They're not going to have very many challenges. Not a whole lot I can say on that. Other than you know, they. I think they got one loss on the schedule. It's Alabama, and let's not go ahead and you know put that in pen. You know, anything can happen with uh, with that game there in Wisconsin. Of course, and and, and you know, as a surprise. It's hard to find a surprise in this division because the biggest surprise for me would be that you know Illinois withdraws from the conference on their own. But you know that said, I guess I guess I'm going to say you know Nebraska I think will be a you know a competitive quality if not good football team. They open at home with BYU and they have a road game against your alma mater Miami. Um, they're home with Michigan State and Wisconsin, so it gives them a chance to maybe pull an upset in one or two of those games. So, you know, do I think they'll be a great team? No, but I could see a nice, solid 8-4 and four campaign for Nebraska. And uh, so I'm going to say they're going to be interesting. If not a surprise, they'll be somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, not to bore the fans, so I won't I won't jump on that. Uh, and Nebraska, I think, is going to be the runner-up on this side of it, and I wouldn't be surprised, Emil, if they were a 9-3 and three. Possibly right. even ten and two football team. No one's really expecting that because of how things have gone. But you know what? They fired a guy that kept winning nine games a year over there. So um, a new face, new way of doing things. Maybe teams aren't really prepared. Maybe they eke out one more win this year and end up going something like a ten and two. But for me, the interesting team's going to be Iowa. Um, I, I've, they're they're a quiet program. They've never been flashed. They're just I, this. That part of the country doesn't, you know, scream anything like that. Um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Iowa be an eight and four, a nine and three team this year, and, and probably be the third team in that conference in what we've already called a cesspool. Um, you know, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue are are all teams that could finish below 500 this year. Um, and you know those were your three teams that finished below 500 last year. Uh, I think Minnesota is going to have themselves, by their standards, another decent year. So, um, you know, you know I could... it, before we get off the Big Ten, I mean, we're going to pick our champion, and I, you know, obviously it's, it sounds by the flavor of the whole conversation that we're both going to pick Ohio State. So I don't really think that that's, you know, unless you're going to go in an upset. But here, you know, I want to say something because last year during bowl season, we touched on this. We had a lot of people hit us with the old, uh, you know, Big Ten's back. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. The SEC. You go back and look at the NFL draft, and mm-hmm. it tells you everything you need to know. The SEC didn't go anywhere. They might have had a little bit of an off year in the bowl mm-hmm. games, but the Big Ten, when you start breaking these teams down, and yes, Ohio State won the national championship. I get it. They play in your conference. They could play in the SEC, the Pac-12. They could play in any conference. They're, they're an outlier. The Big Ten still is not very good. I'll, I may have a difference of opinion on that, and we do. if we do have time at the end where we rank the conferences, we'll be able to lay that out. If not, we'll yeah. have to push that off. You know, we can't leave this conference without uh, touching on Michigan. We just we, we have to say something oh, yes. about Michigan. Yes, yes, yes. Where, where, where do you think they're going to fit? Obviously, by us not even discussing them at all the first time through, we're not expecting a whole lot. I am, I am not, um, and this may shock the folks out there, but – uh, Emma, Michigan's probably looking at another sub-500 season, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I'm looking, you know, I mean, first of all, who knows what he can do to motivate them, but first thing you need besides a coach is players, and he doesn't have his guys there yet. He didn't have a big recruiting class. Um, so if this is going to be a year of laying a foundation, the first game is that Thursday game at Utah. I fully expect Utah to win that game. I really do. I mean, I would call that a big upset. I know you never thought you'd be hearing – 
a radio show dealing with college football, calling a Michigan win at Utah an upset. If I yeah, you know what cool. sucks. You know what sucks for them for all of the years to have a tough out of conference schedule by Big Ten standards. This is that year that they're having it when you got a brand new coach, albeit one that's proven himself. But you know they're in a little bit of a, a rut when it comes to on the field talent, and you break and you got a brand new coach showing you a brand new way of doing things, and they've got a fairly decent out of conference game. Oh, then they stay home. They play Oregon State and you know, you can't sleep on Oregon State for people who don't follow Western football. I mean, you know, Oregon State is one of those programs that every year seems to find a way to win between 7 and 9 games in in a very tough conference. So, you know, that's not one you can sleep on. They're home with UNLV, which is a win I hope for them. If they don't win that, then he's got big problems. And then they have BYU who can c- come in there and beat them. And that's before yeah. they even get into their conference. So you're looking at a one and three start here. So or two and like two I on said. a good, you know, if if they fit, find a way to split those Oregon State BYU games, I mean, I could see them maybe being two and two. But if they go better than two and two in those first four games, I'll be impressed. Yeah, and then and then the next the next stop is at a Maryland team that I think is going to be, you know, pretty. Uh, a fairly decent team this year. They do have Michigan State. They do have a Minnesota team at Minnesota. Uh, and then you end the year with Penn State and Ohio State. So I think there are enough losses on the schedule there for, for Michigan. For they could be staring 4-8 and eight in the face his first year. That's what I'm predicting as a as a 4-8 and eight, uh, season for for uh, Jim Harbaugh in his return to his alma mater. How about how about that? They'll be screaming Brady Hoke, you think? <laughs> bring bring back Brady? Well, I think he helped his recruiting, though, with his interview uh, on the former ESPN Colin Coward show. I mean, I think really kids must be just... Oh, that what? was that was that was another thing that happened this off season. All right, we're never going we'll to get here. We'll be here three hours. There's so much stuff yeah, that happened. Yeah, trying to go back with all that stuff. Let's head to the Big Twelve because that one's going to be quick enough. Because this Bright Idea Conference calling themselves the uh, Big Twelve have not split things up. They were the big crybabies last year who lost out by not having a championship game, and their two top teams were on the outside looking in at this whole dance. Let's uh, go through here. We only have to pick one one. You know, one champ here because you know there's no championship game, there's no divisions. So we pick one champ, and then uh, we go ahead and, and talk about who the who the interesting or surprise team is. So you're well, first up on that. this one. This one was uh, you know kind of easy for me. Uh, to to me, I just think with TCU returning most of that team and playing Baylor at home, it, it, I, I just see them right now as at this point heads and tails above the rest of this conference. Um, you know that that home game with Baylor is huge. Uh, the, the the team that you know another team that you know Baylor is going to challenge them, I think. And believe it or not, Oklahoma State was really young last year. Um, Oklahoma State could be somebody to keep an eye on um, because they have Baylor and TCU at home. But I'm going to go with TCU as my champion here. Uh, and here's another one that we're going to agree on. I, I've got to take TCU here. Uh, the, the the stars. Rising there for them. Uh, how about Gary Patterson, a guy that's not talked about a whole lot in college football? Yes, he's recognized for the things that he's doing, but they don't mention him up there with some of the top guys um, too too often. But he's get really getting it done out there in TCU. They you know they were one of those teams on the outside of college football looking in when they were in that Mountain West. He moves into the Big Twelve, and it's uh, business as usual out there winning games. I don't know if they are way out in front. Uh, like less Ohio State. Is no, I may have overstated that. that. You know, I want to ask you something uh, on TCU here because you played. Do you think mm-hmm. scheduling might actually regress them in their record a little bit? You know, I, I, I look at their schedule, and that first game they're on Thursday at Minnesota, 
that's I don't think that's a cakewalk. On a, on the road Thursday night, I think Minnesota's got a pretty good program right now. Um, you know, um, if I got if I if I'm going to sit here and make some kind of a prediction, it's a tough game from this standpoint that Minnesota is going to be physical with TCU. But at the end of the day, uh, I think TCU is just going to bring too much firepower from Minnesota to keep up. You know, any right, right. But what I'm saying is, TCU in it. I'm looking at the totality of the schedule and asking you this: They've got a road trip at Minnesota, a road trip to Kansas State the next month. They've got a road trip the next month to Oklahoma State. Followed by a week where they have a bye against Kansas, and then they have a then they go to Oklahoma. I mean, they've got some tough road games. Yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be uh, you know that quite that cakewalk. They're going to be in some battles, uh, but at the end of the day, I think they're going to be the ones standing out ahead of Baylor, who's going to be replacing um, you know an all everything quarterback. So I, I I give them the nod. You know what, Emil? Yeah, I think Oklahoma's gonna be in there too. This is this is when Oklahoma plays their best when everyone's not really expecting them to do anything. Start expecting Oklahoma to do stuff and uh you get you get the big big game Bob stuff. Well, well yeah they can they can here. slide a little bit. They can slide a little bit under the radar and the good thing for Oklahoma, you know, they really don't catch any of their, their tough games it, it, what you would think would be tough games until the back half of the schedule. Um, I'm curious to see what they do early, and people might chuckle in that game at Tennessee because I think Tennessee is one of those teams that has been building, and they're going to roll into Tennessee in September, which will be a game that we all love, these these interconference games. At the end of the year, though, Chad, their schedule goes Baylor on the road, home TCU, close at Oklahoma State. I mean <laughs> – yeah, that, no, that's, that's that's probably brutal. the part that's that's gonna gonna kill them. But I, you know, I wouldn't you know totally slam no. the door on them. I want to call my interesting team Texas because you and I both like Charlie Strong. But I think we're a year away about talking about big things for them. My interesting team and was going to be Texas Tech. Uh, there's been so much talk about Cliff Kingsbury and uh, all things like outside of football is good looks and being able to go into a house and charm the mothers of recruits and so on and so forth. But on the field, not getting it done. Uh, and that's just the truth. Four and eight football team last year. Emil, I think we're looking at a four and eight football team again this year. They're just not playing any defense. And he's, so they're your surprise in a negative way. You think the program in a negative way? Absolutely. Yeah. He's very much a student of the guy that he played under. Uh, you know, you know, Mike Leach and all that. I, it just, it's just, it's all about offense for them. This football team, Emil, gave up four hundred and ninety-five points last year. That's a staggering wow. number, 495 points. That's just not going to get it done for you. And it, uh, you know, very difficult for you to flip those kind of numbers around. They may be, you know, the worst of all the teams in the Power Five conference. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who played, uh, you know, more poorly defensively. Uh, so that doesn't really equate from going four and eight to eight and four from one year to the next. And I just think Texas Tech's a little too heavy on the offensive side, and not not caring enough about what's happening on the defensive side. And I think uh, Texas Tech, uh, the seat's going to get hot for Cliff Kingsbury. So that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, my champ is your champ, TCU. And uh, the interesting team for me is Texas Tech, who's going to continue to struggle. And then what do you do with Kingsbury, who's built up a lot of goodwill uh, outside of the actual gridiron performance there? My interesting team is Texas. Um, see, I, I just I look at a guy like Strong. I think he sat around. You know, he kind of walked in there. Didn't know what he had last year. He had to figure that out. Um, I think he'll sit around this offseason figuring ways to put his quarterbacks in the best position to succeed and, more importantly, not put his defense 
in poor positions because I think, generally speaking, Texas played some pretty good defense last year. I mean, they did. And, yeah, I mean, the score much out from offense. Without, I mean, the TCU game got out of control because the offense did nothing and left the defense on the field. But generally speaking, they were in their games. Um, we're going to find out about them really quick. I mean, they come right out of the gate with a road game, a night game at Notre Dame. I want to see that game. I mean, that, that um, I want to see what Notre Dame has. And, I, you know, you got two historic programs. Uh, they don't get on the field together very often. So I want to see that. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. But I think, you know, then he has some manageable games with Rice and Cal to get his sea legs underneath them, their home games, and then another home game with so Oklahoma So throw a number State. out there for me in terms of uh, what I you think, think are record. I think you know. Texas is, is going to be, I'm going to call for 7-5, and 8-4, and four, which doesn't sound like much. but That's I think exactly what I'm calling for, which is why I think we're probably a year away from really talking about. But it's a surprise to me when you look at the way they finished the year. I mean, TCU hammered them. They didn't look good in their bowl. But I think they're going to be an improve. Even if they're 7-5, and five, I think it's going to be a very competitive Seven and five. Mm-hmm. I don't expect mm-hmm. to see them getting blown out. Oh no! I think they're going to be in some games that people don't expect them to be in, and then it's kind of setting themselves up for a really good 2016 for them. All right, let's slide over to uh, the ACC, a conference near and dear to uh, the majority of the listeners, since we've got a lot of uh, Florida area, South Florida area listeners to the show, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about this thing, and this one's gonna. This this conference is going to get really interesting for me, Amol, and you know perhaps some feelings will get hurt as we go through here. And with that said, um, uh, kick kick it off. What do you think is going to happen? I'm I'm very interested in how you see both the coastal. Why? Because you think I can be? Up. What do you think I can be more objective than you? I don't know. I just I'm interested in your thoughts. How about that? Because you know we've been we've been together really uh, on on the first two conferences here, and I want to see if that continues. With the ACC, well, what are your thoughts? The Atlantic the, Division, the coastal. The, well, the, well, you want me to go? Let's go coastal, coastal first. Yeah, let's go coastal. In the coastal, uh, you guys might laugh here. Uh, I I like Miami in the coastal division. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I this is the fifth year, if I'm not mistaken, of Al Golden. It's it's put up or shut up time. I mean, if he doesn't do it this year, you know, people have been clamoring for him to get fired. He'll get fired. Okay, mm-hmm. you you won't have to to beg for him to get fired anymore, he'll get fired. Um, but that said, you know, he brings back his quarterback. They had talent there. At times they flashed last year where you said, hey, they're, you know, they're coming along, and then, you know, they, they'd regress. Um, I think that they make a big leap. I look at Georgia Tech, who had a phenomenal year last year, uh, surprised people. I think they finished 11-3. and They've got a road game at Notre Dame, followed by a road game at Duke followed by a road game two weeks later against Clemson, followed by two weeks later a home game with Florida State. What I'm trying to get at is the Georgia Tech schedule is brutal, so I think it kind of sets up for uh, if Miami's going to do something, this is the year. You have a quarterback. You always have talent. It's just a matter of how much. Um, what do you so think I, of that murderer's row in October for Miami at Florida State, Virginia Tech, Clemson, at Duke? Well, let's start. Uh, the, at Florida State, I believe, becomes a much more winnable game for them uh, without uh, Winston. It's a rivalry game. I don't really care if it's at Florida State. Sure, it's an advantage, but, I, you know, it's a winnable game. I'm not as sold on I, I think Virginia Tech's program's taken a big leap backwards in the last few years, so that game mm-hmm. is a name-only game for me. That's not the Virginia Tech we were looking at, you know, when Michael Vick was there, let's put it that way. Clemson's a tough game, no doubt about it, um, and we'll we'll talk about Clemson. We get on the other side, um, very well could be a loss. 
Duke to me, I know they've been playing better and cut close to great, you know, done a great job, but it's still Duke. I mean, you should be able to beat Duke if you're having a good year, but you know, it is a tough, that's a tough little, little schedule there. I mean, that part of it, but I, I could see them winning, even if they go two and two there, I still think, you know, overall they, they could have enough to win this division. So you've got Miami as your winner for the coastal division. Yes. Throw out a record there for me. I'm going to call for Miami here this year to surprise people and go 10 and 2. 10 and 2 for Miami. Because uh, I look at the first, you look at the out of conference, they're home with Nebraska. To me, they sh- they should roll through that that before and all heading into conference play. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so who's who's your interesting team in the coastal division? Uh I'm interested uh Pittsburgh has got the pizza guy there, Paul Narduzzi. Sounds like uh-huh. a good pizza shop uh, in New York, Narduzzi's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm interested. I think Pitt Pitt will be improved. I think he'll come in there, and uh, you know, they, there's a lot of history at the Pitt program. Uh, they they've produced some really good pros, even in recent lean years. So you sit there saying, how are they producing guys? You know, like Lashawn McCoy, like Larry Fitzgerald, you know, Antonio Bryant, and and really every year you look at six and six, maybe seven and five. I think Pitt will be a little bit better. Uh, maybe creep up on some people, go eight and four this year. I mean, Youngstown, Akron, Iowa, and Virginia Tech coming out of the gate. You know, they they should be able to go two and two, three and one before they even get you know into the meat of the schedule. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking uh, for Pitt. Okay, pitcher, pitcher, interesting team in the Coastal Division. Here's yeah. how I see things in that Coastal Division. I like Georgia Tech to repeat. Um, they're bringing back uh, one of the more amazing. Uh, athletes at quarterback uh, at Georgia Tech, and you know, listen, when you've got that particular piece and that particular offense, becomes very, very difficult to stop. And so, uh, Georgia Tech and that offense, and they've really, you know, obviously they have their identity, and I like what they have at that quarterback position. And it's a very difficult thing for people to deal with because it's they're one of the only teams running that offense. So it's a difficult, uh, you know, step for people to prepare each week. I think Georgia Tech repeats on this side. So I'm going to go with Georgia Tech, um, looking at them somewhere around 93, because you know what? I think this coastal division is going to be a little bit tougher than what people think. I think, uh, you know, I think Virginia Tech is going to be better than what people think. Um, I I like Pittsburgh, and, you know, I didn't want to jump on the same thing as you there, but they're going to be my interesting team as well. They do have a, a tough go at it with their schedule. Um, that needs to be looked at. You know, that trip to Iowa uh going to be tough for them. You know, I do expect Virginia Tech to be uh, better than people uh, expected, and that game's on the road for them. They're at Georgia Tech. They do have a game against Notre Dame, and, they're in, you know, they're ending the year with – uh, a game against Louisville. Uh, you know, Miami's not my interesting team here, but I do need to touch on them, obviously, because of our audience. And uh, I think it's another year of, of mediocre by the standards down here for the University of Miami. I'm looking at a 7-5 and five football team, in my opinion. That, uh, that, that little trip through October is going to be very, very difficult for them. Um, I'm expecting a good Nebraska team. It sounded like you were expecting a good Nebraska team, too, so I feel like that game could go any way. You ask me, Emil, that Nebraska game is probably the key to uh, Miami's season right there. Lose that Nebraska game, and then it's the, oh, God, here we go again 
starting to build up in the minds of the fans and the players. And I think a lot of doubt creeps in if you lose that Nebraska game. Win it, and then, you know, you've got yourself kind of set up for the rest of the way. But lose that Nebraska game, I don't think you can go into that trip in October with any the kind of confidence you need to get out of it. And if things aren't good after that North Carolina game, if Miami's not in, in position – to 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 win this division and go to an ACC championship game, which is the only thing that's going to make fans happy down here, then playing Georgia Tech becomes very tough. And then going to Pittsburgh at the end of the year is a game that guys just aren't going to want to play. Cause you, uh-huh. you, so you, you and I really see way. the fortunes of the hometown team a lot different this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were higher on them last year than I was. Uh, seems like you are again. Oh, you had to point uh, that out. Did you have to point that you have to? What do you like, my wife? You want to go back to last year? Yeah, well, hey, you know that's 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 just how it goes. I got I got to point that stuff out, and you know um, they're gonna. I was higher on them. Maybe I was just a year off. Yeah, I mean they're just gonna have to show me. It's a tough schedule. You're missing guys like Duke Johnson, who's been almost he was all everything for you. Uh, 1,600 rushing yards last year. Uh, yes, you are bringing back a very talented quarterback. You're missing Philip Dorsett, a guy who you know kept safeties deep. Uh, you're missing that, and you're missing all everything on defense. The guy I respected the most, uh, Denzel Perryman, he's not in the middle there to keep everything together. So those are some important and very key p- uh, pieces to be missing, and you combine that with uh, a fan base that's uh, at their wit's end and uh, I think he got a little bit of a problem there. So that's just how I see things, and we'll see how that unfolds. Let's head By the way, as we do this show, do you know what comes into my mind is from when we were kids as we talk about this, how difficult it's going to be moving forward year after year? You're going to see less and less chances of undefeated teams um, just oh, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, as you start yeah, seeing the talent is – listen, there's no doubt I'm obviously in the recruiting business. I'm in the high school – uh, football coaching business. I'm seeing things from the ground level. You know, I'm 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 the mm-hmm. boots on the ground. The talent's getting spread out, my friend. Where before Notre Dame and USC and and you know and Miami and Florida State and Penn State could hoard the talent and you could have really really great guys as 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 backups. You could have four star backups. That's not the case anymore. That four star kid's not going to back up a kid at USC. He's going to go take himself to Arizona State. He's going to go to Texas, or he's going to, they can go all over the country now. And because of that talent getting spread out. Uh, you, you're, you're going to see less and less of that undefeated. Monster. Yeah, you start looking at these schedules uh, in depth as we do this, and I just say to myself, it's just real hard. And, and you know, you wanted to, that's the segue into the ACC here. We're going into the, what, Atlantic you want to go to. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I make this pick saying it where I think this could be a team that I think it's going to, obviously I'm picking them to win the, the, the Atlantic division. I, I want to hear this. I could see where it also goes off the rails if they if things you know, if, if they have, because they have a run here, Clemson. I like Clemson to win the Atlantic, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at, you know, September and early October, they go at Louisville, home Notre Dame, home Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, you win two of those, I think you're fine. But they they have a stretch there where if something goes wrong and they lose two or three games there, this this season could go amok on them. But um, if they can get through that, they can catch their breath. They're home with Boston College at Miami, I think is – a very winnable game for them uh, at NC State, home of Florida State. So I like Clemson. I think you know they're a ten and two football team, and I think that's good enough to get it done in the Atlantic Division. Okay, and who's your surprise team in, in this? 
side? Uh, my surprise team is Florida State in that I don't think they're going to, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked at the fact that they're not going to be what they're used to seeing the last few years uh, in Tallahassee. I think uh, you can't overstate the importance of Winston to that program. Uh, the, the, you know, don't, listen, they've recruited well. I understand that. I'm not blind. I'm not naive. They have talent there. But he won a lot of games for them by himself, put the team on his shoulders, and brought them back from two and three touchdown deficits. What and about that, those who argue that he put them he put them in that position? You remember when people used to say hey, Kobe Kobe Bryant sabotaging the game so he could pull it out at the end? Mm-hmm. What do you say about the people who put who say Jameis Winston put him in that position uh, in many of those nonsense. games and then pulled him nonsense, out? nonsense. I, I I I I think the only saving grace for Florida State this year will be that their schedule. The first month of the year is very soft, like it usually is, but it's going to help them this year because they're breaking in a new quarterback. They got Texas State, South Florida at Boston College, which you got to be careful. Boston College has given them fits um, mm-hmm. at Wake Forest, but then they come home with Miami. I'm higher on Miami than you. I, I, I mm-hmm. think that that could be tough. Then they're home with Louisville. Then they go to Georgia Tech. Uh, they go to Clemson. Um, they go to Florida. I think Florida State, you know, could be looking at an eight and four season here, which for them is mm-hmm. going to be shocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, um, you know, what they've been able to do the last couple of seasons with uh, the savior, Jameis Winston. All right. Uh, I'm going to shake up a lot of people here with the Atlantic Division. You know who I see winning this thing? Everyone's talking about Clemson. You know, Florida State's been the big deal uh, in this side of the conference. It, it, you know, in the whole conference. Let's be honest, over the last couple of years, um, I think the winner in this division is going to be Louisville, my friend. Uh, I I like what Louisville's been able to do. I like the direction that they're moving in. I like what they've been able to pull out. Yeah, we're picking the football. You realize that, right? (laughs) Hey, listen, you (laughs) can sneeze on it all you want. (laughs) No, actually, I knew you were going to go there. I had a feeling you were going there. And that's, you know, not that you care what my opinion is. That's not an atrocious Mm -hmm. pick. I could see where you're going there, yeah. Yeah, I'm rocking with the Cardinals, man. A 9-4 and football team a year ago. Uh, 405 points put up. I think they're going to be a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball this year. Um, I think they gained a certain measure of confidence in that close call with Florida State. Uh, and I think Louisville is the rising team here. It's probably the last year for Bobby Petrino at Louisville. Uh, if if this indeed unfolds the way that I see it unfolding, he'll probably get that offer. I think that he's been looking for but uh i i see them being that team here in this in this division florida state in my opinion is going to fall back i'm I'm with you on that one how much i will touch on that in a minute i think it's louisville and clemson and i'm going to give that little edge over to to louisville obviously that game between these two teams that comes up early in the season that is going to be played in louisville between clemson and louisville is going to be a big big game i think that's a major I think that's the the game of all games. Uh, to be well, I I, I think where conference. Louisville gets helped for that game is the the game with Auburn on September fifth is is believe it or not a help because whether you win or lose, it's an out of conference game early. It gets you prepared. Then you get you know you get a hopefully should be a win the following week at home with Houston, and then you play Clemson on that Thursday night, having already played in Auburn where you know. To, to me, that's a huge advantage for them because they're they're going to be battle tested. Uh, so yeah, exactly. And then they're, they're kicking that year off the right way. 
uh, they'll be prepped early for the rest of you know what they have coming down the pike. And I'm you know what I'm gonna gonna move in that direction with Louisville. Uh, my interesting team. Do you have them winning also, the conference? Is that your pick for the whole shebang? No, 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 no. I've got them winning the division. I've got them okay. winning this side of the division. I, I, I like uh, if I could throw that out there right now. I like Georgia Tech to repeat. Okay, and I like Clemson. I like I'm going to take Clemson over Miami in my game, and you have Georgia Tech beating Louisville. Who's your surprise? I got Georgia Tech beating Louisville. My listen, I could quite frankly, based on that prediction, call my surprise team the same team that I'm calling to win this side of the division. But uh, I'm going to slide to Florida State. Uh, you're saying eight and four for Florida State, Emil. If you look at Florida State last year, okay, let's let's just break this down re- really really quick. Um, we were all we all saw what went down last year, okay? How many losses did they, you know, snatch away because everyone believed in Jameis? Um, they probably should have lost that Clemson game, but he didn't play in it, so I'll give him the break on that. They were down 24-7 to NC State. Um, they, if you ask me, lost that Notre Dame game. Um, Louisville had them on the ropes. Miami should have beat them. Florida should have beat them. And they went through all types of hell with Georgia Tech. Emil, the savior is gone. And now you now you've got that Florida State team there, and it would not surprise me, Emil, to see Florida State go six and six this year. Would not surprise well, me. At I all mean, to see them I mean, I, I, listen, I'm team. I'm feeling you there because I I I look at Florida State again, and I I know people this makes people cringe when you say stuff like this. They had to include Florida State in that playoff last year because they were defending national champs. Had they not been defending national champions? It would have been very easy, and I would have been quite satisfied if, if they left them out and put TCU in. Because if you really look, you, you know, based on what the eyes told you watching the games, Florida State was not one of the four best teams last year. Yeah, and that was a big argument going down, and that was, you know, all over social media, and everyone was back and forth. Well, Jameis Winston's gone, and you're not bringing in really another superstar at that quarterback position. When Jameis was coming in, uh, anyone who saw that spring game, the year that he began as the starter, said to themselves, wow, this kid's going to be something. Well, they don't have that wow right now. Their answer is going to be an Everett Golson that was at Notre Dame. They got beat out by another guy um, who really, quite frankly, has been a turnover machine. Uh, that's what he was. At Believe Notre me, Dame. I'll miss he, some of those turnovers in October. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's a, he's a dynamic player, yes. But um, I see them turning the ball over. I don't think this team's going to believe in Everett Golson the way that uh, they believed in, in, in Jameis Winston, and it's going to be it's going to be a tough one for them going through this season. So again, uh, wouldn't surprise me to see them six and six, seven and five, wow. falling back to. Boy, there's uh, a lot of people in Tallahassee game. that are hating at that their computer screen right now on you. Oh yeah, they'll be coming after me. But yeah. man, sometimes the truth hurts. That's the way that I see it, and I'm not backing off of that one. Uh, Florida State's going to be an average football team this year. So that's my that's my surprise team in that Atlantic division. And just to go through it again, I've got Georgia Tech beating Louisville in a very, very good football game for the ACC championship. So uh, that's how I'm calling it. I've got Clemson uh, over Miami. So. Yeah, you've got Clemson. You've got Clemson over Miami. And let me let me just make a quick note of that one. You 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 know Miami fans would be very happy. I don't know about very happy, but they'd be well, happy if that indeed happened. Least, yeah, because I didn't call them the garbage ACC. like you did. Yeah. Uh, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. I said <laughs> it's going to be a very very tough season for the University of Miami. So uh, for those who missed it, I'm calling seven and five. 
my man Emil here thinks they're a double-digit win team for the first time in a very, very long time. Um, Miami getting back to double-digit wins. Okay, uh, we're going to slide on over to the Pac-12. We've got two conferences left. Uh, this is the conference that's very near and dear to your heart because this is where uh, your girlfriends, USC, reside. But we're Thank not going to start off with the South, man. We're going to start off with the North. We've got to go up top, and uh, this is an interesting, interesting division in uh, college football. What do you think is going to happen there? Pac-12 North. Uh, it's it's hard for me to looking at their schedule, and I know they're breaking in the new quarterback, but it's just hard for me to go against Oregon. Uh, you know, and I'm not by. I don't go by these early season polls. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that because they're ranked fifth. That doesn't mean anything. Nobody. I, I mean, I just look at the rest of it, and you know, people are a little bit higher on Stanford than I am. I mean, I've seen Kevin Hogan. He's never done anything for me. Um, and if you don't have a, you know, uh, having beaten Stanford last year, I think that mystique and that that hump that Oregon couldn't get over with with Stanford, they finally got over. Um, they have that battle. The game that'll battle test them will be that Michigan State game on the road in week two. Probably, not probably, but could be a loss uh, because they open with Eastern Washington, a really good one double A program, but that's a big jump in class than going on the road to Michigan State. But then the rest of the schedule early on is very manageable. And, uh, you know, they have a big game at home November 21st with my Trojans coming off a road game at Stanford. Um, that you know could decide a lot there, but I'm going to go Oregon uh, to uh, you know basically win this division. Uh, that sucks because uh, that's exactly how I see it. So um, you know I kind of thought maybe it'd slide slide a different direction there. Listen, you only have two choices in this Northern Division: it's Oregon or it's Stanford. Uh, I agree with the things that you said about Stanford there. The Hogan kid doesn't really. It's not Andrew Luck, obviously, and if that's probably a crime. Up in Palo Alto, not being Andrew Luck, yeah, but right. uh, apart from the, yeah, apart from that though, it just hasn't really done anything to wow me. He is that Stanford quarterback. You know, they want managers at that position, and maybe not. You know, the they don't they don't need an Aaron Rodgers type at that position. But uh, just sometimes you're going to need a guy at that spot to pull pull you out of something. And I just think there's going to be those couple of games this year where he's not able to do that. It's going to cost Stanford as much as I want to say, look. When Mariota's gone, this thing's going to fall back to earth, kind of like what I'm saying about Florida State with Winston. That's not the deal there. They've got something set up. They've got a system. They've got they've got a they've got a program there at Oregon. And yes, you're breaking in a brand new quarterback, and the quarterback is a big part of what Oregon does. I think they're going to be okay because all of the other moving parts are well well oiled, and it uh, will be a bit of a seamless transition for them i believe there's one loss in the regular season on this schedule it's either going to be that game at michigan state or possibly that game against your trojans uh, i'm going to probably go with the michigan state game because it's early in the year you've got that brand new quarterback it's a hostile environment and that's probably the game where you, oregon will falter later on in the year they're at home uh it's tough to play uh in in oregon especially with the way that program is going right now so i see oregon as an 11 and 1 regular season football team that gets them the championship here in the North Division. The rest of this conference, Emil, is uh, a cesspool. I can't even really tell you who's a surprise In the team, North? I guess. I've yeah, got a surprise North. team in the North to keep an eye on. I think they'll be entertaining and actually could have some success on the field in the win-loss column. I, I kind of have Cal. Keep an eye on Cal. Mm -hmm. Goff's a quarterback that'll he'll play on Sundays. He's he's got a, He's got all the tools. He threw 35 mm -hmm. touchdown passes last year. Uh, they they get to open up at home with Grambling and uh, 
San Diego State before going to Texas. Uh, and who knows? You know, I, I said I, I like Texas. I like what Charlie Strong does. But Texas right. is a, mi- a mixed bag. If Cal, if Cal catches them the right way and beats them, they could get some right. momentum before they go into the second half of their schedule, which is difficult road game at UCLA late October, followed by a home game with USC and then a road game at Oregon. So they could get beat up a little bit later in the season. But they could you know, be a team that gets seven wins just because they have some success funny early in the year. Funny thing for me in this conference, Emil, funny thing for me in this conference is I see that North finishing exactly the way that it did in 2014. Oregon first, Stanford second, Washington third, and then Cal, Washington State, and yep. Oregon State. Could be. Uh, that's exactly – yeah, I don't, I don't see any changes there for us. So let's slide on over to the South Division. I, I, don't, I don't have an interesting team really there in the North. Uh, the interesting team for me is the team that I picked it to be a winner because everyone wants to know what's going to happen without Marriott at the controls. I say they win it just like you say they win it. So let's let's slide down to the South, which is the side of this conference you really want to talk about. Tell us who you think your champ's going to be. Um, should I hit a drum roll? Well, I always debate this because you know how I'm a very superstitious person, so most of the time I try to go and pick against my team figure, well, mm-hmm. then at least I didn't put the the jinx on them. You, you know how that works. Like You don't say the field goal kicker right. is good because he'll miss the field goal. Um, I like USC hey, I had, to win it. I had no problem with my school, but go ahead. I like USC to win this division this year. They they bring back 18 starters, depending on how you're counting, and most importantly, they bring back the quarterback who had a humo- – he slid so far under the radar because of what Mariota did last year in this conference. Mm-hmm. The people just forget the year Kessler had. Um, you know, He threw for 3,800 yards and 39 touchdowns. They've mm-hmm. got skilled people, and more, most importantly – they returned seven or eight guys that got extensive playing time on the offensive line as freshmen and sophomores. That's going to be a, one of the top two or three offensive lines in the country. Um, full recruiting class. Uh, I, I like I like USC to win that conference. My surprise division. My surprise team is uh, actually going to be UCLA. Um, I think UCLA is going to take a step back. Yes, they return 18 people. I get that. Mm-hmm. But they, mm-hmm. they are a team like Florida State that had a quarterback, that now everybody's trying to say, oh, he took a lot of sacks because he held the ball too long. Hunley saved their bacon in a lot of games. His ability to move, his ability to create, and now you're going most likely with a true freshman, albeit a very highly regarded one in Josh Rosen, but I mm-hmm. think they may take a looking step forward back. To, look, looking forward to that, too, by the way. Just, just Yeah, he's a good player, too. but it, yeah. this is a tough conference. For people out east who don't follow, the Pac-12 South can hang with any, any division in football. And when you're looking at road game at Arizona, home game with Arizona State, road game at USC, uh, that's tough road game at Stanford with a true freshman quarterback. So I, I think right. UCLA is going to step back a little bit more than people think. I see them more like, like an 8-4 and four team, not a top-10 team, as some people have said. So that, that, that's what I see here. All right, a couple of questions for you. Give me a record for USC. I'm going to do that to you. What, what do you think they're finishing this year? <sighs> Ten and two, eleven and one. They're going to lose a game, and then it comes down to the Oregon game. You know, if they lose that, ten and two. If they win it, eleven and one. Call Oregon's record for me. Same thing. Ten and two, eleven and one. Decided by the USC game. I'm with you. I think they could lose a game against Michigan State early, breaking in a new quarterback, and then I think the winner. Well, I'm of that... taking notes here, so I'm putting ten and two for both of those guys. Oregon yeah, do that. USC. That's fair. That's fair enough. I just think that's a tough conference. I could, but I could see either one of them being eleven and one or ten and two. 
Well, this will bring uh, a smile to your face and perhaps tears to your eyes, but I'm going with USC either uh, as well. Shouldn't be uh, that big of a surprise. You know, UCLA was, uh, you know, the the uh the battle for them and you know you, we we talked about what's going on what's going to happen there with with UCLA you're breaking in a a brand new quarterback uh, a freshman and you know the troubles that that's going to bring uh, I like USC in this conference um is it going to be the USC of old not quite for me uh, perhaps they're moving in that direction but uh it's not going to be the glory days USC but I I think they're good enough to win this division I yeah, they're I'd still down in numbers I mean, they're still they're still building back up. I agree with you. They're still down in right. numbers. I don't right. see that. Uh, so I'm looking at them as a as a as a nine and three football team and the winners here. I think the battle in this side of the uh, Pac-12 is going to be between them and Arizona State, who uh, has been making some noise here in these past couple of years. Still would like them to uh, perhaps play a little better crunch time defense uh, in terms of a, an Arizona State, but I think it does come down to USC and Arizona State. I'm going to give the nod to USC, and again, I like them at 9-3. and three. I think Arizona State's an 8-4 team. Uh, my interesting team is your interesting team, and I see UCLA falling harder than you have them at 6-6, uh, 7-5. Six and six, seven and five. Wouldn't surprise me with UCLA breaking in that brand-new quarterback and uh, a freshman, as talented as he is, going to be a tough deal for them in this conference so wouldn't surprise me to see them fall that far down championship game is usc and oregon i got oregon winning that i got usc winning i I, i'm not see my thing with oregon this year is uh the last time usc played at oregon they beat them up there that was Mm -hmm. because they haven't played in a couple of years because of the new alignment um Mm -hmm. i just think people are discounting i understand they got a machine but now two pieces of the machine remember the first piece of the machine that left was Chip Kelly. Right. That that transition was 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 helped because Mariota was there basically acting as a coach on the field. I mm-hmm. think the loss of that quarterback now coupled with the new coach mm-hmm. they feel it a little bit more. I mean I, I, I told you last year I don't like this coaching staff nearly as much as I like Kelly's coaching oh, I staff. I agree. Or, I just think I just think it's been built up so well that yes. the decline is going to be slow rather than the hard fall off the table that I've that I've, you know, picked yes. for a couple yes. of these other schools we've talked about. So um we're on a we're on a difference of opinion there, but at least we've got the same two teams in this in this conference championship game and um I'd be surprised if it's anything other than that. All right, we uh we're running short on time here and we can't we certainly can't No, no, we'll keep let's, let's finish the, let's wrap this up. Let's let's do the SEC and then uh pick the playoff quick. Come on, we can do it. All right. Uh, east side division of the SEC. Uh, when, you know, listen, both sides of the SEC is interesting just because that's what everyone likes to talk about. How do you see the East break it down for me? Um, I, my team to win this side is, is Georgia. Um, I think mm-hmm. they're going to finally get it done here. Uh, Missouri. Well, they did win it last year. They did I win know, this but, side but, of but, the But, you know, it didn't seem right. Didn't they? Was last year the year they got hammered by Missouri, or am I thinking of it? I'm trying to remember. Mm, uh, yeah, I think, I think part was of the reason I left. feel I, I say they finally get it done is I just remember them losing the last game of the year to Georgia Tech, and for mm-hmm. something you know, I just feel it's going to be a big year for Georgia. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. I feel like mm-hmm. they're going to they're, they're not only going to win the division but have a, a very good year. You know where they win win games they're supposed to win, where they don't stumble into the championship game. I, mm-hmm. I, I really like them to you know they have a home game with Alabama. They've got South Carolina at home. Uh, they've got Florida at home, uh, or well, they've got Florida in the, in the 
neutral yeah, site. They've got Missouri at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the big road game is at Auburn. I mean, I, I have Georgia being a, a, a ten and two football team and winning the division. And my surprise team, this mm-hmm. might make you smile a little, is going to be the Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. Um, new coach, new attitude. Uh, they can play defense. No, we all know that uh, the defense played too much defense, and that's the problem at Florida because the offense did nothing. If he can get anything out of the offense, and I mean anything, just a semblance of a team that can hold the ball for a couple possessions, so the defense isn't running right back out there, this could be a dangerous team with with the way that defense stacks up. The schedule bodes well to get some confidence early with New Mexico State. East Carolina is not a not a cakewalk, but a game they should win. At Kentucky, another not a cakewalk, but they should win home with Tennessee. So they, you know, if they can get out of the gate there, get some confidence before the, the what I call the big boys start rolling in. This could be a team that surprises, and you know, I'm going to call Florida a nine and three team. Okay, uh, give me a record for Georgia. Ten and two. Ten and two. Well, we see this uh, exactly the same way. I think this it's got to be Georgia. Georgia can't get it done this year. Um, then you know they've got they've got themselves a problem. I don't know about the long term prospects for Georgia. You know me, I'm old school. I like I, I like programs that can hold on to a coach for a significant amount of time, unless it's a place like Miami where I think you need to rotate your coach out every five years. Um, kudos to Georgia for hanging on to Mark Rick, but uh, despite the amount of success Rick has had, and by success I mean constantly having Georgia's name in it, they just haven't been able to get over that hump, he's still a guy that's feeling a little bit of heat up there in Georgia. So they need to get it done. I think things are set up for them this year to to, to go ahead and win this division again. I all too see them as a 10-2 and two football team. Um, my surprise team is Florida. I'd have to touch on them anyway because of uh, our audience base. And I'm with you on that. Uh, if you get anything from the offense this year, Florida has a chance to be a dangerous football team. When you look at the games last year and you really break things down, uh, the LSU game was a game they they could have won. The Florida State game is a game they probably should have won. They had no business losing that South Carolina game. Um, and then, you know, the Missouri game, I think, was a result of the things that happened before that. So, if you can get the mindset straight there, and again, if you can get anything out of that offense, Florida does have a chance. I have them as an eight and four team, but Emil, they could easily be ten and two right there with Georgia, making that game with Georgia be about everything. Uh, I do think this is going to be a tough conference. Everyone was talking about the West last year, and then you know who was it that went and performed in the bowl games? It was the East side of this thing. So, uh, yeah. well, and I, I think, think Florida, and you're closer to that program than I am, but I think really the, those first four games are huge for them. Because um, obviously the confidence has to be built back up there. I mean, you can say you're confident, but confidence comes from winning. So for me, you know, getting out of the gate and, and you know getting those two under your belt early, beating New Mexico State and East Carolina, but then playing Kentucky and Tennessee, two conference teams, but very winnable games are are important to me. They've got to win those before they play Ole Miss and Missouri and LSU and Georgia. Because that's going to be right. a murderer's row schedule, you know, in October. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's going to be the, probably the part that hurts them the most uh, is that little middle part there because it gets a little tough for them. So let's slide over to the West. Uh, is it going to be Alabama again, or can anyone knock them out of that top spot? Oh, I, I definitely see them getting knocked off. I think Alabama's on the slow decline. I mean, yes, they're still a premier program, but I think the days of Alabama just everybody putting them in the championship. And, and forgetting about it uh, are over. 
Um, you saw that last year where a kid that played his third football game put 49 points on them uh, in in that semifinal game. And, you know, you could say, well, it's Ohio State, but still the kid was making his second or third start and put 49 points up. Um, I like Auburn to win this, this division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I like I like what they have coming back. I like what Gus has done there. Uh, I think the schedule sets up as, as far as you know as, as best it can. Pretty good for them. They have a neutral site game as we talked about earlier with Louisville. That helps them. Then they play a cupcake before LSU. You know they go on the road at LSU. They have Mississippi State home. They have another cupcake: San Jose State, Kentucky, Arkansas. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But, I mean, it's, it's a good schedule. Alabama's a home game to end the year. Georgia's a home game for them. It's a good mm-hmm. schedule for Auburn as far as SEC schedules go. So I have them. You know, I think you're going to lose two games in that side. I really so do this year. for Auburn? Yeah, but I think they win the, I think they win it either on a tiebreaker or, you know, basically somebody else has three losses. But basically All right, I have who's Auburn. your interesting team out of the West? Arkansas. Probably. Arkansas. I want to keep an eye on Arkansas. I like what they're doing down there. Uh, they play the kind of football that uh, the Gridiron Stud Show, you and I, tend to prefer. <laughs> they beat right. the hell out of you, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, you know how we like that. The, getting those yeah, big you got to strap up. it up when you're going to play Arkansas. Yeah, right? strap it up. No they're going to get it. those big hogs up front, and they're going to beat on you. Uh, they have a very another team that comes out of the gate with, you know, they can get some confidence like a Florida. They play UTEP. They play Toledo. They play Texas Tech, who you touched on, not being very good. Then they have a home game. Or it might it might be a neutral site game. I forget with A and M before their first road trip to Tennessee the following week, so they can get a little confidence. Do do I think they're going to be ten and two? No, but I could see Auburn being an eight and four team this year and surprising some people. Uh, okay, this is probably where we differ the most out of uh, all of it. I I I have Alabama winning this. Yes, Alabama may it's not what they were when they were juggernauts. It's tough to sustain that uh, what Alabama has. But uh, I just don't think they're ready to be knocked out of there quite yet. Are people getting closer? Are they pulling on their uh, on the edges of their shirt there? They are. And last year did show us that. Uh, Alabama does have a, a problem at the quarterback position. But they've been able in the past with everything that they do, the way they r- can run the football, the way they play defense to get by. And I think they're going to skirt by. But, man, things are going to get closer and closer for them. I still have Alabama winning this thing. I like Alabama as a 10-2 and two team this year to – uh, make their way back to that championship game. It might be the last time. Who knows? We'll just have to take this thing year by year. But I think they do enough to stay ahead. I can't name just one interesting team here. Uh, in this western side, there's so many things going on here. You're only uh, allowed Florida. one by, by my rules of this. Yeah, well, so, I'm going to so break stop. those rules. Thank oh, you. Man. Those rules are all about being broken. Auburn? Uh, I'm not seeing them the way you're seeing them. I okay. think Auburn's going to be somewhere around 500 this year. This the the problem is uh, defensively, and you aren't going to clean that thing up quite that fast. And uh, I've even told these two guys to themselves, you know, obviously I'm I'm uh you know I'm friendly with the defensive side of that thing. They did take the defensive back coach Travars Robinson over there and the defensive coordinator Will Muschamp. And uh, I've told both of these guys this personally. You guys are going to find out what it's all about when you're facing all those plays every game. And we talk about that when we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. There's going to be a different animal for them. When they're at Florida, things were very controlled uh, on the offensive side of the ball, too much so, as we discussed. And you weren't facing all those plays every game. This is going to be – they don't have the personnel right now on defense for Auburn. They don't have their guys 
on that side of the ball. And then on top of that, you're going to be facing a tremendous amount of plays. Auburn is breaking in a brand-new quarterback. Um, you know, granted, he is a physical freak, but it's not the experience that they had at that position last year. They do lose Cameron Artis Paint. I think they have too many things going on there um, that are brand new that need to be fixed, that need an upgrade for Auburn to be the, the winners in this thing. So, you know, I wouldn't surprise me to see them at or around 500. Uh, maybe there's good things to come for Auburn. I just don't think it is for them this year. Uh, just real quick, I see LSU is also that type of team that Auburn's going to be. And you know, maybe that surprised the hell out of people. But for some reason, uh, Amel, LSU – uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling them. I, you know, I'm seven and five. I could see for this LSU team. It wouldn't surprise me, shock me to see them at six and six. They, they need a, they need a quarter. All they've got is Leonard Fournette, and and they do play, you know, systematically, program wise, they play good defense. But uh, Auburn and LSU, I see in the middle of that thing. I agree with you on Arkansas, uh, and I'm not going to go into detail about it. I think they're going to be up there. Uh, so who's your winner at the end? That's that's what people want to know. Alabama. I've got Alabama in this thing again. So I've got Alabama not only winning this division, I think uh, in a bloodbath with Georgia, I think Alabama finds them as as hard as that's going to be for people to deal with. Alabama's going to find themselves. I got Georgia winning the division, so you mark that down in your sheet. I got yeah, I got you on. Okay, and it could very well happen that way. Like I said, I think those two play in the championship game, and uh, it's going to be a pretty good game, but I've still got Alabama winning that thing. So uh, it's going to be interesting here. Who are your four teams? In the okay, playoffs? here's what I got for the four-team playoff, okay, because you got to seed them, okay? So number one going in, I've got I've got Ohio State, okay? Uh, number two, I have them because they get so much respect from the SEC. I've got Georgia as my two seed. I've got TCU as my three seed. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Pac-12 champion USC as my four mm-hmm. seed. So that sets okay. me up with semifinal games, Ohio State, USC, uh, Georgia, TCU. I've got Ohio State, the defending national champions, beating USC in the semifinal, sending them mm-hmm. to the championship game. I've got the three-seed TCU upsetting Georgia, if you want to call it an upset, uh, sending them to the championship game. And then the championship game in Gary Patterson's swan song, TCU upsets the defending national champion, Ohio State, and Gary Patterson takes an NFL job. Man, I was getting ready to give that whole speech about how you and I do this every year. We don't talk about it before uh, we we do it. And my, by golly, when we put it out there, we always seem to be ending up on the same, you know, on a. Well, we couldn't buy who we picked. So, so this year, I already knew it wasn't going to be a. Same. No, but as as your end result, because here's what I've got going on. I've got Ohio State as your one seed. I've got. TCU in there as your as your two seed, which um, eh, might be a little. They got to go eleven and one, twelve and zero for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Oregon since I've got them winning the the Pac-12 mm-hmm. as your three team. I got Alabama sneaking in there just to sh- just just to con- just to stay on that narrative of how things are kind of pulling back slowly for Alabama. I've got them being the team to sneak in there, and that probably will delight a bunch of people to see the SEC team being the one that has to sneak into this whole deal. So uh, uh, the rematch of all rematch, Ohio State and Alabama, I've got Ohio State winning that thing. TCU taking on Oregon. Oregon not 
having what they have had at the quarterback position in terms of experience and dynamics in recent years, not being able to handle a TCU team that's on a mission after not getting it, getting into this game or, or this whole playoff deal last year. So in the end, I've got Ohio State and TCU, so we're together on that as the championship game. But I've got the Buckeyes um, repeating as national champions. How about that? Urban Meyer going to Ohio State and getting it done. Listen, I am still struck by how I went to Ohio State uh, twice the last two years going on the recruiting trips with, with, uh, with my son and just the whole attitude and the way the mindset up there in Ohio state about how they just believe they're going to win and just how that thing is moving along. I can't shake that out of my head. And right now it's apparently not. It's, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't get it out of my head. It was very, very impressive. I mean, Emil, the person that opens the door to the bus driver, to the people standing on the corner, to the secretary, everyone believes that they're going to win. You sound game. like some 18 year old who got dropped off in a strip joint for the first time. Just can't uh, get it out it of his head. It, it, it was, it made a mark on me. Um, and for someone who's been around for, for, for 43 years, there's certain things that maybe, you know, younger folks will overlook that, that uh, I've come to know to be uh, rather, rather important, and I just can't shake my mind on that. So right now I've got Ohio State uh, back-to-back beating TCU. And, um, let's, well, we let's were see close again. Goes. You and I, again, once again do this without discussing it and have the same two teams in the national championship game. Yeah, how, how, how about that? How about that, my friend? So well, um, When you're staying on Ohio, by the way, before we go, here's mm-hmm. the reason that they feel like that at Ohio State. Let me say it for you. Cleveland Indians, Cincinnati Reds, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns. Whoa, wouldn't that, have... wouldn't, that, wouldn't that make them feel like it's not going to happen for them? No, it means it's the only thing we give a damn about. It's like being in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. There's nothing else to care yeah, about I guess so. except Ohio State going football. Well. That's 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 funny, and it's also true for crying out loud. So uh, it's the best thing you've got going on in Ohio right now are your Buckeyes. So uh, jump on that. I say they repeat. Amel likes them to get upset by TCU. Let's see if we once again can predict uh, who are the who is going to be actually playing in the game that means everything in college football. So uh, you know what? I'm, we're we're back. We're rusty. I'm, I'm I don't have my full gamut of audio, so we're just gonna. Sign off. Enjoy your weekend, Emil. Uh, for the fans out there listening, and thank you for coming back and listening to us as we come back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be back on a regular schedule, kind of, sort of, Emil. I'm not going to be available on Monday. We're going to have to do things on Tuesday. So I'll be back on the air Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, folks. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on the Gridiron Stud Show.